I wonder if you ever thought for a moment, those in the early church, did they have to wonder whether Jesus was real or not? There, there was an absolute confidence that God existed and interacted with humanity. You know, we're living in a day when people question God's existence. Can you imagine? I, I, I'm here to, well, it, it takes faith. Okay, it, it, it takes faith. But if, what I, what I want to say in a, in, briefly before I preach, yes, it takes faith to seek after God, but there comes a period of time and you're seeking him that he makes himself known to you. There is some, and I'm just, I can only speak for myself, but I don't have faith that God exists. I know he exists. I know it. So, well, how can you know? Because of the countless experiences that God has uh, brought into my life that absolutely, undeniably declares his existence. I would sooner declare that what I see around me is not real. And, and in fact, it doesn't take long and stuff that's around us can just disappear. But I'm telling you, the, the goodness of God, it's absolutely eternal. The, the understanding that God is, is a foundation that you can build on. If you're in a place where you wonder whether he does or doesn't, what kind, what, what can you, how can you build on that? You, and, and so you can ask me, go ahead and ask me, how, how can you be so sure? Okay, let me tell you how I could be so sure. You, you don't really, you don't have enough time for the testimonies of my life of God intervening without, I just, incredible. But how did I get there, and how can you get there? Here's, here's what it says in Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 7. It said, ask, and I will, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open." Now, what I did as a much younger man is I sought. And, and, and when I, I got a little closer, that seeking, uh, God revealed something. And then, and then he, he put before me... Uh, uh, doors or directions, and I knock, and God opened things. And and I and I began to ask, and man, oh man, He provides. And and the experience of my life is not unique to me. If you have the courage uh, to seek God, you know what you're going to find out. He's real. If you have if you have the faith to knock, and and and, and with uh, and. and uh, uh, try to go in a direction that God only God can open. He'll open doors for you. And if you have the courage in your life to seek Him, the thing that happens is you will find Him. He does not have a respect of persons. Even though I think He likes the Irish more, but other than that. No, He does not have a respect of uh, of any person, it's just those that will reach out to him in faith, he will answer. How many of you know that he answers? He always does. And so, 
the idea of, yes, I have to live by faith in the direction that God has for me. So I, the just shall live by faith. But it's, it's not ever, ever wondering if God is real. That is as solid a foundation and needs to be in your life also. Don't, don't question that. How can you build anyway, anything if you live in that much instability? But you let your faith reach towards Him and you start seeking and you're going to find out that He shows up again and again and again. And then you can have that absolute confidence and assurity that, man, He is there and that He's there for us, there for you. And you can build a life on that. You can build a life on that. That's what you need, need to do. So um, there it is. That only took me just a couple minutes. So here's the... The, the real thing I wanted to say. Uh, I, I, I talked about uh, last week, if you remember, and, and that was a mass, unique message, uh, and it's online if you, if you need to look at it again. But I, I think there's things unfolding in our world that has been foretold in the Scripture and that, that we're in a unique time in history and that we need to, if any time in history, we need to to um, be awake and aware and be ready. It's, it's now, right? Uh, that, that, um, but not, not aware or not uh, overcome with fear. I, I, I believe, I've said this before, and I'll probably repeat myself and, until I quit talking, um, that these are probably the most exciting times to be alive in human history. As far as uh, uh, concerning the spiritual uh, uh, life around us and what God is doing and what's about to change before us. There have been exciting times, times when uh, from creation and Eden, the flood, uh, you know, didn't go well for everybody, but it was exciting times. You know, and then, then you, you get to uh, uh, the birth of Christ. Oh, my goodness, man, what a time to be alive. In the, the church age, when Jesus walked on earth, like, wow, wouldn't I love to have been there? But, but we're living a time when it just very well might be by the things that are said about around us and, and what the Scripture reveals. We might be living in the time when God makes an, a catastrophic change in the world order. And I'm not talking about the new world order that they're talking about. I'm talking about Jesus setting up a kingdom on earth. That's a re I'm telling you, if he said he's going to do it, you can bank on it. You may not believe it today, but there will be a day you'll look back and say, oh, yeah, he did it. And how far is that in the future? I'm not one. No man knows the day or the hour. But I'm telling you, there's things going around, uh, happening around us that ought to make you sit up and take notice. That's all I'm telling you. And, and so... That time that we live in, when you see wickedness, I cannot believe the level of perversion and wickedness that is just spewed around us. And we have become almost, unfortunately, accustomed to it. If you took your 20-year-old self, those of us that are over 60, if you were 40 years ago, all of a sudden... From that time, and you were sprung into this time, you'd go, what? What happened? 
Where, where, where did the, what happened? Where did it go? But because we have incrementally been uh, subjected to the change of morality and culture, we get to the place where they can't even identify what a woman is. If you don't know what a woman is, you can ask me. I can tell you. I bet you most of us here can tell. But for crying out loud, a Supreme Court nominee gets asked the question, how would you just identify or describe a woman? And she says, I am not a biologist. It's like, are you? Wrap your head in duct tape. Hey, by the way, uh, Emily's going to have a boy, another boy. Uh, at least that, I don't know if the, the lady doing the ultrasound was a biologist or not, but somehow she identified him as a boy. There are certain traits about that that just that was it. Figure it out. Hey, the kids are in Sunday school. We all right? Oh, my God, I am just, I'm ready to pop a fuse. But, 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 you back up, you breathe, you think a little bit, and say, listen, if that spiritual confusion wants to be out there, let it be out there. I don't even have to, I don't, I just, nope. I'm going to live. I'm going to love. I'm going to be joyful. I'm, I'm going to thank God that, for his covering and his protection. And I am going to speak what is true. That's all, that's all I can do. I'm going to speak the truth. And this is the key word, in love. I'm not going to speak the truth slamming everybody. Now, I can make fun of them once in a while because that's just stupidity. No, actually, it's spiritual wickedness is what it is. It's not, it's not even funny. But, but the, it, it, that is spiritual wickedness. But I can speak the truth in love and, and, and not hate anybody doing it. Right? Not hating. God help us, these young people growing up in the day, uh, you know, just being inundated with all this junk. I, I'm not being political. Oh, but I want to be. But, but this whole thing, if you don't, if you don't get varying uh, sources of information, you will become confused. There is a bill in Florida that don't say gay bill. Did you ever hear, you hear this? The governor is going to sign it that you don't say gay and all, all there's an uproar about the, you know what the bill is about? Not teaching sexual identity to kindergartners. Duh. Can you imagine a kindergartner? What do they need to know? They need to know A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Oh, no, you can change your gender at five, you know. How evil is that? And, and, and so thank God for a governor that's going to sign a bill. And, and people are up in arms. Don't tell me this world isn't crazy. Don't tell me. Look it up. Look it up. It's not a don't say gay bill. They're, that's the way they're, you know, they, they take 
language and they and they use it. I'm not supposed to stand down here because of the lights. I'm sorry. Can you see me now? But anyway, I digress. Here's the deal. Yeah, let me read this. Because what what I was what I was talking about in the midst and the reason I went down that rabbit hole, listen to this, is there uh, is wickedness on the move, right? It's growing. God is also doing something miraculous and incredible. And if you all you do is focus on the evil, you will never see what God is doing and unfolding before us and in your own life. We talked about God giving dreams and vision, and then at our staff meeting, we expounded on that quite a bit. And, and the different things that God's unfolding and revealing in our lives is absolutely incredible. Now, if it's not happening in you or for you, you need to seek, knock, and ask. Okay, come alongside because you're a bunch, you're around a bunch of people that have sought, that have been knocking and asking, and God has shown up every single time. And, you, and if you're wondering if he will for you, I am here to tell you, if he did it for me, he will do it for you. Without a doubt. So, so the idea of, of you see how the enemy and wickedness is, is unveiling itself and all this stuff. And you say, well, what is God doing? And, and God is, is revealing some stuff, but he, here's what happens. And I said it last week, I want to reiterate it. If you have a grand architect that, that designs this incredible edifice and it cannot be built, it's nothing but a pretty picture. And I'm here to declare to you, those of us that look into the Scripture about what it is to live and walk a spiritual life, it can be done. It's not something so mystical and uh, out there. You know, that oh, you, it can never be reached. Some of you sitting here today, you don't have... I told myself last week I was going to calm down. You don't have an excuse. You will not, I am here to tell you, you will not have an excuse before God to say, well, it was just, I didn't understand. I didn't, it was too big. It's not too big to live the life God intends for you. It's not, it's not for a select few to be spiritually minded, to walk in the Spirit. Well, I don't understand. Well, I'm about to tell you. And, and you're going to have a little more understanding how to get to a place where what God has designed, you can build in your life. That's, that's the deal. We have far too long left it to people that we think are, are, are better because we, we are sometimes so condemned about our own humanity and not understanding the power of the cross in our life that we can stand before Him justified. We still have a belief that we have to be good enough for God to, to, to somehow interact with us. And the reality is, there is nothing good about us. Not in our flesh. What is good is the goodness of God that He literally paid a price to redeem us. And now that I have uh, embraced that redemption, I am His. His. And so I don't have to walk in condemnation. 
and, 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 and when things come into my life, I immediately go to the cross. And I go on. I don't carry them around like some of you have carried around your failures for years and years and years for crying out loud, stop. Either, either you, you have no concept of the power of the cross or somehow in your, there's a perversion in you that you want to pay for this. There's no way you can pay for it. I got to make it right. There's no way you can make it right. But Jesus can make it right. He can make it right. You know what happens when he makes it right? You're free. Yeah, but that's no, you're free. But there's no buts. So, so here it is. Here here is just a deep spiritual secret about becoming spiritually uh, 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 attuned to what God's doing. I mean, this is huge. And so simple. And I'm not saying this uh, to put anybody down, but a moron, somebody with a very low IQ wouldn't miss this. You don't have to be of high intellect. God, look at me. Look around us. You know, we're not, not many wise, not many noble. Now I realize there's some sharp people here. But, but mental sharpness and, and IQ does not equal somebody uh, uh, achieving spiritual life. Sometimes, and God love them, I, I'm, I'm, but sometimes the whole idea of theologians and, and, and all of that stuff, it, it, it makes in the mind of some an unattainable knowledge that you got to go away for when reality what you need is the presence of God in your own life and He will lead and guide you. The early church that led the world to revival and turned the world upside down were nothing but fishermen. There, you know, yeah, there was a tax collector in there. He was a CPA or something. But there are different, different ones, but they were just regular guys. They were not intellectual. Yeah, there was, uh, you, know, you know, some in there that may have been uh, represented some upper, upper echelon, but the majority of them were just everyday guys. And what happened is the power of the Holy Ghost touched their lives. And they became witnesses. I'm going to tell you what Jesus needs today is a witness. Not, not somebody, not necessarily going knocking on somebody's door and saying, hey, do you know Jesus? We're, we're not selling vacuum cleaners. But my goodness, what needs to happen is in our everyday life, that, that, that testimony, the witness of the Spirit comes out. And it's obvious regardless of what you're doing, where you're at. Those that believe spirituality comes through this great uh, act, uh, knowledge coming, you know, and you got to go to college, you know, they, they come to church on a Sunday feeling less than anybody else and go out and never do anything. But those that realize that God empowers us, that he takes the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, and he fills men and women with his spirit. We can leave this house and be a witness 
and turn an area upside down. I don't believe it was just those 120 on the day of Pentecost. That same power, that same spirit, that same witness are, is in us. But it's got to come out of us. It's no good just being in us. You don't hide it. You don't put a basket over it. So, um, I think I still haven't got to my scripture. Listen to this. I'm going to talk fast. So I mean, I may gasp a little. Mark chapter 12, verse 28. And uh, it says it like this. I'm reading from the uh, New King James Version. It says, then one of the scribes came. You got, you got to figure out what a scribe is. Doesn't matter right now. You were religious, you know, really holy guy. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, uh, perceiving that he answered them well, he asked him. So let me, t- let me set the stage. So Jesus is there. You know who hated Jesus? The religious folks. They just did not like him. You know why? Because he was about to change their tradition, right? And, and we get stuck in tradition and things that make us very comfortable. We respond to those things. And when somebody comes along and changes that, sometimes we get upset. True or not true? So, all right, so, so these religious folks, the Pharisees, come to Jesus and they said, hey, and, and they're trying to trap him because he was getting too popular. Right, so they come to him and say, hey, Jesus, uh, we got a real honest question. And all the while, they're just trying to, you know, stab him in the back. But we, we got a question. You ever have anybody come to you with a question like that, and all they want to do is just slam you? So, so they, got, they, they say, hey, is it okay for us to pay taxes to Caesar? And I'm going to tell you, Jesus did not speak in, in uh, uh, Shakespearean English. It wasn't like, oh, I guarantee you, he like shook his head and said, would you give me a stinking coin? I know that's not the way Matthew said it, but I guarantee, he said, just give me a coin. He gets a coin. He said, whose inscription's on that? He said, Caesar's. He said, give to Caesar's. And I, he threw it at him. Watch when you get up there. You're going to see that scene. He threw it back at him. He said, you give to Caesar what's Caesar's and to God's what's God's. And you know what? He just, well, they backed up. And so then, then a Sadducee. Uh, the, the Sadducees were known because they did not believe in the resurrection, right? They believed it was one and done. Earth, that's it. In the ground, worm food, that's done. And uh, so uh, they're, they're trying to trap Jesus. And so the Sadducees come. The Pharisees fail. The Sadducees show up and say, hey, Jesus, we got a question. We are, this theolo- theology, I just don't understand. My, uh, a man had a wife, and he died, and it was custom that the man's brother would marry Right? The woman. So so the man had a wife. She died. The brother married her, and she died. And another brother married her, and she died. He died. And there were seven brothers. They all died. I'm telling you, after two or three, I'd have been done with that one. I said, honey, you need to find something else. That ain't happening in my life. But anyway, uh, so seven of them died. They all married her, and they said, Jesus, asking this honest question. No, they are just trying to be, you know, trap them. Whose wife is she in the resurrection? And Jesus looked at him and said, you know what? I'm going to paraphrase, and I don't want to put words in my mouth. He said, you're, you're ignorant. 
and said, you, you don't know, you don't know the scripture or the power of God. He said, when we're up there, he said, there's not going to be any marrying and giving in marriage. He said, we'll be as the angels. And he went on. And, and so, so then, so this dissertation is happening and then this guy shows up and it says, uh, he, he says, then when one of the scribes came and having heard the reasoning together, perceiving that he'd answered them well, asked him, this guy is asking an honest question. Okay? He watched the whole scene. He's like, wow, man, that, that teacher is pretty cool. I love the way he handled those guys. And he says, uh, <clears throat> he asked him, he's asking Jesus, he said, what is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, the first commandment of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, uh, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and all your strength. This is the first commandment. And then the second is like it, uh, is this, you shall love your neighbor yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. Now, if you read the Scripture, you know, you know that, that, is, that is all the law together. There would not have to be one law if you would love your neighbor as yourself. Because you treat somebody with respect. You wouldn't steal from them. You, you, you wouldn't defraud them. All, all of these things. If that happened in a world, and it's ha- going to happen in the world that Jesus sets up. <laughs> so, so, man, what an answer. And so he says, uh, the scribe said to him, well... Well said, teacher, you've, you've spoken the truth, and there's one God, there's no one but he, and you to love him with all your heart, all your understanding, all your soul, all your strength, love your neighbor as yourself, it, it, uh, is more than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And what it says next, it says, now when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you're not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared ask him a question. I want to read Mark chapter 12, verse 34 in the the Amplified. When Jesus saw that he answered thoughtfully. So so this guy said, wow, that was well said, teacher. He didn't, it wasn't just off the cuff. He put some thought into it. And Jesus is watching him as he responds. And and he says in the Amplified, Jesus saw that he answered thoughtfully and intelligently, and he said, you're not far from the kingdom. There is a... Let me make sure I don't miss something here. Okay. There are default settings in our life that we literally just go to in a second. An event happens, there is a response, right? Yes or no? Okay. Uh, and then depending on uh, um, what's gone on in your life and how, uh, you, you know, whether it's been good or bad, whether you've been abused or molested, whether you've been abandoned or, or, or all, all kinds of evil that comes on humanity, whether you have suffered great loss, there are default settings in our life that cause us to respond to so many different things. And there are times, true or not true, that we respond to things without thinking. Well, let me tell you what. Just when you respond to things without thinking, you're not giving place to the Spirit of God to uh, um, interact with you and change your reaction and, and, and to speak 
in and through you to others. You want to talk about a simple process of living a spiritual life is give time for thought. I can't do that. That's too much. Really? Some of you like your anger. I had somebody, you know, why'd you do that? Because I was angry. Well, why? Because I like my anger. Okay. Let me know how that works for you in life. There's nothing wrong with being angry, but be angry and sin not. It ought not be the first reaction every single time in your life. That when when the, there is an, uh, uh, an act that happens, there is always a reaction from us. But if you are spirit-led, that reaction is stopped. Because typically the reaction is our flesh. But if Jesus looked at this man and said, wow, you took time to think. And what happens when you think? You have time for God who said he would be called uh, wonderful, the counselor. He is not the counselor of, of oh, I'm gonna, you come in my office and I'm going to counsel you and the, you know, God's going to speak through me. It may happen once in a while, but I'm going to tell you what God wants in the days and weeks and months ahead is that he can be your counselor in the moment. That he can intervene in your reaction and make your action an action that he would take. That's the best preaching I've ever heard. I'm telling you that's good. God wants to stop you from reacting in life. Reaction is nothing but our carnality on parade. But when you are thoughtful, think about this. Um, did you ever react to something and be nasty and mean and somebody say, oh, that was very thoughtful? No? No, they usually say, that was nasty and mean. But did you ever think, i got to step behind the lights. Did you ever, you, you, do, you do something nice and somebody says, that was thoughtful. You gave some thought to that. How simple is it? Have you, has anybody here ever been thoughtful in your life? Some of you need to try it. To be, to be thoughtful is to... Shoot. All right. To be thoughtful is to take time and respond, not in a reaction. If I respond in a reaction, you know what's coming out of me? All kinds of stuff that's just dark. Because it's in me. The works of the flesh are in me. The works of the flesh are in you. Retribution, revenge, lust, anger, malice, greed. You, you know, that, that's true. That can be our natural response. And you say, well, I deserve that. And based on some of your experience, you feel justified in doing it. But I'm here to tell you, based on the power of the Holy Ghost in our lives, we have a responsibility to be thoughtful. Um, Jeannie had a book, in, uh, You Are Not Your Brain. We went out uh, when she was at doing the Ambleside School. We went out. Somewhere, and we saw this uh, author, uh, Dr. Schwartz, anyway, UCLA brain specialist, 
you know, talk way above my head, but, but there's some simplicity to it. That there is a, 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 a time span they measured when an event happens where uh, there's an empty space to where your thoughts pick up. You, and, and you do not, you say, well, I just have to, I'm, I'm me, I got to respond. You don't, you're not your brain is the name of the book. You don't have to, you're not, you are not your carnal thoughts. That's not who you are. If you are his, there is that space for the counselor to speak into your life, and you don't have to respond. You don't have to cuss a blue streak. You don't have to spew out anger and and malice. You don't have to, in a road rage scenario, respond so quickly to what's going on. You can stop and think and say, and in that moment, you allow God's spirit in his voice that some of you don't recognize, but yet he guides you all the time. Let him speak in that sliver of time. If you stop long enough, you know what? And you, you, you follow the path that he would like you to think. What happens is then we become his witness. It's not, I'm sorry, and I love, I, you need to read your Bible and all that, but it's not spewing Bible scripture. That's not being a witness. It's not how much more do you know. It's living that the attributes and the fruit of the Spirit out in your life because you are thoughtful. You're thoughtful. Okay. Ooh. I got that out. I'm almost done. Just a couple of scriptures. First Corinthians chapter six, verse number twelve. Chapter two, verse twelve says, "For who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him? Nobody, but we have the mind of Christ. We have it. Oh, that means they have it. No, no. Say we have it." Say, I have it. It's there. Whether you access it or not is your business. Well, I'm, you know, I'm whatever, and I, I'm going to respond. How, that's just me. And we make excuses for our carnality. And I'm going to tell you after today, you're going to stand before God, and you don't have an excuse because he just told you. The idea that we're falling back, you know, and your heritage or your experience or what's happened to you in life, it doesn't give you a right as a child of God to respond without thought. Okay. I know you believe me. One more time. And here it is. Stand with me as I finish this. And I mean it just like it's written in James chapter 1. I'm going to say it just like James wrote it. So then, my beloved brethren, I do love you. I, 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 just, I just think the world of you, but there's some of you that you are thoughtless. You just respond without being thoughtful. And I'm going to tell you what you ought to be is thoughtful. And you ought to think. And, and, and man, if God doesn't give you something to think about, all right. 
Probably ought to be quiet. But man, think. Think when you're in the, uh, you know, on the highway and, and you know, you know, how are you going to respond to somebody who, who, who is just vile and angry and whatever? How are you going to respond to that? Like them? Well, I got a right to. Okay. You do. You can do whatever you want. Jesus has given you choice. But be thoughtful for a moment. Well, what's going to happen, you know, in, in situations where it can, it can escalate into something just in a home with children, if you would just take time and be thoughtful with one another. Sometimes the quicker I speak, the bigger my regrets. Man, I wish I hadn't said that. I could have said, if I'd have stopped and been thoughtful. You know, you ever have the Holy Ghost come afterward and say, hey, you know what you should have done? I want to get to the place where I stop long enough. And so, my beloved brethren, let everyone, let every a man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. My beloved brethren, my family, listen, be swift. Be, 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 be swift to hear. Let me hear what the Spirit... The, the cry of the church in Revelation is, again and again in the, is, is he that has an ear to hear. Let me be swift to hear. Let me hear what you're saying. Let me hear what somebody else is saying without responding to it. And, and, and may it just may be that, Lord, they need your witness at that moment. They don't need some carnal correction. They may just need a witness. Swift to hear, so to speak. Father, I speak. I speak spiritual life upon the church. Not something unattainable or so outlandish that we, that we can't walk in it today. But Lord Jesus, I believe that if we are thoughtful in our life, if, if we obey your word, that, that instead of our carnal response, there is that place that we give to you and you respond through us and we become your witness. We have a word that just is able to touch and meet a need in a situation that we know nothing about because we were thoughtful in that moment. God, let your understanding touch us as we sing, as we worship for a few moments here, as we lift our voice to you. Speak. Let us be thoughtful right now. Let us be thoughtful right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, we're going to pray together. If you have any need at all, we want to, we want to pray with you. We do it down here. That way we're, we're not going to interrupt or invade your privacy. But if you want prayer, you come on down here. If you have a physical need, we believe God is a healer. If you have an emotional need, we believe God can bring healing. If you want to come down, I believe prayerfulness is just being a place that you're thinking about Him. Without speaking. And then there's times your voice is lifted. So whatever you need this morning, 
Come on down. We'll, let's pray together. In Jesus' name.